0: What is up, rich friends? Welcome to Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Tu, aka Your Rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. So I recently saw a headline from The Economist that said, young people are woke, broke, and complicated. So they've got thin wallets and expensive taste. And I thought that was super interesting because our lifestyles have changed so much since our parents. You see those memes like my parents at 26 Mm -hmm. with a house and a child and me at 26 spending $9 on a smoothie I can't afford. So I thought we could talk today about how to handle making more money, the lifestyle inflation that might come with it, and how to have tough money conversations with your friends. And there's obviously nobody better to help guide us than the internet's big sister. She's a Forbes top creator, proud cat mom of two, and digital business owner with a cult following. Everyone, please welcome Christina Najjar, aka Tinks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Of course. I'm so happy that you're here. Obviously, I'm a huge fan. You were one of the first creators that I was like constantly watching before I actually started to create my own content. Mm -hmm. But for those of us who don't know, could you tell us a little bit about your come up? Like, what were you doing before you became Tinks? So I was in the
1: pandemic, like so many of us, bored out of my mind, kind of thinking I'm going to have to move home with my parents because before the pandemic hit, I had been consulting for different companies, but was really sort of out of work, you know, struggling writer, doing this and that. And uh, I downloaded TikTok made my first video and was like, oh, this is what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And I was 29, so a lot older than most influencers start, but I actually consider that to be an advantage. And mm-hmm. I can talk more about that later if, if we like. But I, yeah, so I made my first TikTok video in April of 2020, and I went full-time content uh, January, 2021. And I've been full-time content creator ever since. So very fast. I really, as soon as I knew that, as soon as I made my first TikTok, I was like, oh, this is re- – I really, really felt it. I felt that aha moment that I had heard about with when it comes to work and creation. And so I quickly made a plan, and I thought, how can I do this as full-time, as fast as possible?
0: Yeah, and you mentioned before that you were – you know, doing a little bit of consulting Mm -hmm. in, you know, it sounds like in the sort of entertainment space,
1: sort of, I was, I was doing a lot of uh, consulting for like D to C brands. I went to Stanford. A lot of my friends, you know, Mm work in tech and they Mm -hmm. all had these like, you know, mushroom jerky companies (laughs) and like all that kind of good stuff. And I was like, can I copyright for you? Can I help you with your social media doing this and that? Because I had just moved to LA really had a gut feeling that I wanted to move. So I was doing this and
0: that truly. I'm so nosy. How much were you making back
1: then? then? Oh my gosh. Literally nothing at all. I was making, well, I was also a freelance writer. Like Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be a writer and I made like $50 to $300 an article. And then when I was consulting, I was making a couple thousand bucks a month, if that. Mm-hmm. It was tough. I had just graduated grad school. It was tough going for a while. But I don't want to I don't want to give off the wrong impression. I wasn't going to be on the streets. Mm-hmm. Like, I am totally acknowledging my of privilege. Course, course. And, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, my option was to move home. I know a lot of people didn't have that option. I'm college educated. I have a graduate degree. So, you know, like, I wasn't going to be on the streets. I always want to be clear about that.
0: Totally. And I think it's so cool that you acknowledge that and make that really clear. Obviously. Obviously, since then, your brand has taken off. I'm curious, you know, you go from making this regular schmegular income, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, a couple hundred dollars here and there, a couple thousand dollars, to overnight becoming, you know, a literal internet celebrity. How did you handle going from... You know, zero to 60 very quickly. How did you handle that money? Did you know what to do with it?
1: No, I didn't. And I think, you know, initially I was just so relieved that I didn't Mm -hmm. have to move home, that I could move into a nicer apartment, that I could buy a car. Like it's just the first, honestly, the first year was just kind of like relief. It was just like, wow, like I'm going to be okay, at Mm -hmm. least for a little while. And it was just sort of those types of things that just, it felt so good. And then in my second and third year, when I really, have more money. It's it has taken on a different form and money has changed a lot for me. I think, you know, my relationship with it has changed. Whereas before it was just like, oh my God, I got money so I can like move to a nicer apartment. And Mm -hmm. now it's like, I see money as a tool and it's like, it's so nice to be able to do things for my friends and family that I wasn't able to do before. And I used to think, oh, if I got rich, I would just buy a lot of stuff. (laughs) And I I buy stuff for myself, but I buy a lot less than I thought I would in terms of like goods. And I do a lot more experiences and I'm, I'm more generous than I thought I would. would be as silly as that sounds like now doing things for my friends and family is my favorite thing about having money.
0: I totally agree. I just sent my parents on an all expenses paid vacation for their 30th anniversary. Nice. I'm curious, what's the best thing you've ever spent money on?
1: Um, I mean, I'm proudest of buying my house. Oh, that was course. a big one. But I think really it's like doing things for my friends that, you know, friends who did things for me. You know, I, I, I remember specifically there was this one time in my 20s and this might seem like a silly example, but it's the one that sticks out in my mind. I was like with my friend and she was like, oh, like, do you want to get massages on Sunday? And I was like, I can't afford it. And she was like, I got you like you deserve a treat. Like, let me get you. And I literally... Really Never forgot that. And just being mm-hmm. able to do that type of stuff for other people is is really great. And just like, it's really fantastic. I'm able to support organizations that I care about now. It's just it's it's so different than what I thought it was gonna be like, I thought I was literally gonna be walking to Chanel every day, like, <laughs> being like, Oh, let me get another bag. But now I'm like, you know, the joy that I get from Taking my friends to dinner and just being like I got it, or like taking my friends to Coachella and just being like I can do that is like the okay best wow. feeling um, in the world.
0: I'm sorry, back that up. Taking your friends to dinner versus taking them to Coachella, that's a big step. Yeah, I mean you that's have hardcore. It's 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 it feels amazing to be able to doing stuff for my parents,
1: like just mm-hmm. being like oh no, like I'll, I'll buy it or like let me get dinner. Like really, my parents actually came to visit me in L. A. as a family for the first time over the holidays, and I hosted them, which was such a big pride moment I felt so proud and like I took them out to dinner every night and and it was like the nice restaurants Mm -hmm. and the fact that I could do that was just like made me so happy like I was so fucking happy to pay that bill it was unbelievable
0: so it's very fun nice paying the bill is even nicer than the food it is I love yeah that. Mm-hmm. we actually met at the forbes top creator event mm-hmm. and you mentioned to me there that a lot of the tink stands were concerned about your budgeting and uh, yes yeah tell me about that how are you budgeting well they worry
1: because i don't invest and they worry because i Christina. don't i know it's really bad it's so bad and i think it's because i you know I, I really think it's a lot about how you're raised. And I think mm-hmm. it's, I'm fascinated by this stuff. You know, my parents both grew up quite poor. Yeah. And then they worked very, very hard. You know, I think it was back in the day where if you worked your ass off, you could really change your socioeconomic yeah. status. I don't think that that's necessarily true in America anymore. And their parents were immigrants. So, you know, I I really have a lot of that in me. Like I have a lot of that, like you, you work hard mm-hmm. and you save your money and you put <laughs> it into your house. And like, if you do a good job, you can buy a house. And like I I was kind of raised that way. So um, I don't invest. I'm, I don't know how I'm very scared. And, and that's terrible because I speak mainly to women. And one of the things that I pray for all of beyond pray, one of the things I want and demand for all of my followers is that they're financially independent and they, they never need to rely on anybody but themselves. Like that's so important to me. But that having been said, I don't like numbers. I get very anxious thinking about it. I'm risk averse. And I think also like, when you finally start making money I'm like I don't want to give it away I want to keep it (laughs) under my bed I'm scared you know like it's not that long that I've had this money so I'm gonna figure that out this year and and yeah I'll help you thank you I know I know you will I know you're you'll explain it in a in a in a in a way that I my dyslexic brain can understand but yeah I think I I I don't spend like crazy though I mean you you know some of these like youtubers you're like they have 10 ferraris and like they're buying all this stuff I'm not like that like I'm not I'm not doing that stuff but yeah they're concerned they're very sweet we're we're a little team all of us so it's nice
0: I do love that and you know kind of to touch upon that point that you mentioned that you felt like your parents could just work their asses off Mm -hmm. and become rich and retire and feel that like you know the, the american dream exactly these days, it does really feel like if you are not investing, it's not going to happen for for you.
1: No. And it's and it's really scary. And it's, you know, I I see a lot on TikTok people like Gen Z specifically say, you know, what, uh, you know, encouragement do we have to work hard when there's almost no likelihood that we're going to be able to buy a house?
0: What's your take on that? Like, do you remember that trend on TikTok where it's like, I'll make the money back, but I'll never be 20 riding around on the back of a moped with this, like, cute Italian boy. Like, do you remember that? I remember it. And I think, like, I totally understand the sentiment. And I think that if you, you kind of
1: have to be sensible, right? Right. I think that there's so many trends and statements and whatever that fly around the internet. But, like, you have to be sensible. Like, if you have a job that you're probably going to have for the next five years, sure. Take the trip. Go to Greece. Like, spend that money and don't buy Starbucks for the rest of the year and, like, make those choices and whatever. But if you have literally no dollars in your bank account, like, no, don't don't do that like you can't it's it, it is what it is but it's like i think we're in very interesting and dangerous territory i think money and tiktok is so interesting because it's like everyone on tiktok is obsessed with wealth and like <laughs> obsessed with rich people and obsessed yeah. with designer things and what have you but then it's also like this doom and gloom of like we can't no one can get a job everyone's mm-hmm. getting laid off the economies and the shitter like and it, and it's true like both things are true so yeah i do i do worry about about that i do worry about about that you know dichotomy
0: And, you you know, you mentioned like this dichotomy of being sensible. What's something that you feel like knowing what you know now? you would never spend money on again. I,
1: I, I guess, I don't know. I'm pretty good about clothes. I, mm-hmm. I really try to, I'm trying to do less and less fast fashion, really trying to hone in on that. I, I, I'm pretty good. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what my biggest ex- expenditure would be that I like feel like I need to, I, I spend a lot on food. I actually do. Same. I spend a lot on food and, and, you know, sometimes my followers will make comments like, seriously, how much do you spend? And, and I actually, my accountant made me like a Spotify, wrap to like you know my you know because <laughs> yeah. she, she had to make it like a dum-dum version for me and she was like here's a pie chart and I was like that is how much I spend on food I I love food one thing that I do want to cut down on this year which is just such a big thing that I do is um like delivery oh. like I just I like going to a restaurant is an experience and everyone should have that and it's beautiful and and whatever and I love to eat and I love to you know go out with people but I just don't need to be ordering as much delivery. It's stupid. Like yeah. get in I have a car. Like get in the car and go get it. It's not that difficult. So that's
0: one thing I'm working on this year. Um right before we got here, I went to Erwan okay. to grab it's a crazy. salad for lunch. And it wasn't like the hot bar line was way too long. Yeah. So I just grabbed a salad like off the shelf yeah. and it was pre-packaged and I was like, oh like how much can this be? It was $18. Yeah it's crazy. for some lettuce?
1: Yeah, it's insane. It's funny because I'm actually like, I'm very generous but I'm also very frugal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really, really frugal. And I I really credit my parents and I feel very lucky the way that I grew up because they were able to give us a different and better life than they had growing up, but they still raised us with the frugality of like how they grew up. So like I never touched a mini bar growing up. Like- oh no, it'll bankrupt your family. It'll back, your whole family <laughs> is dead if you touch one can of Coke in the mini bar. Um, I like stuff like that. and And I am even a step further. Like I am the one who's putting all the- you know the free lotion in my bag at the end of the trip and I save them like I'm not like throwing those away like I save them I save all that shit like I will take extra I don't know just like little things if I go to set for example and they have snacks they're all coming home with me like I'm very like ooh, can we how can we do this like that like I'm I'm not cheap because I'm very generous but it's like I'm always thinking like I never pay full price for clothes I shop a lot on real real I I love a deal I'm always like you know doing that kind of stuff so
0: you know what's something that you haven't mentioned that's my favorite thing that you do that I've started to do which is kind of gross it's the the paper towel ranking system oh yes <laughs> yes I,
1: I won't throw that away that's crazy like I, I never use a paper towel once I always bring food home like if there's one piece of bread left on the table at a meal I'm taking it home you can toast it you can make friends so you can do something with it like I have never thrown away food in my life like in my life, big leftover girly. Even if something's like a little old, I scrape the mold off. I don't care. I'm like, I'm like immigrant vibes, like all the way. I'm like, I don't, like, that's just, I, and I'm so glad because I yeah. think it's like, not only do I have an
0: appreciation for what I have now, but I also like make it last longer. Yeah, certainly. You guys, did you hear that? That's how she's staying rich. She is eating her leftovers. Quick pivot to, you know, talking about like really, really insanely large sums of money when we were at the forbes top creator event we were literally in a room of people who make so much money. so much money i yeah. mean the Demelio sisters were there like yeah like people who are just making tens of millions of dollars a year like what do you think the direction of the creator economy is going to be in that regard um you know it's interesting
1: i think it will be about audience and engagement I think that things are are shifting. Like the Tarte trip is a great example. I found it Do you love it or hate it? I think it's genius. Okay. I think they're so smart. I was just huge name dropper. Are you guys ready for this? I was just at Harvard last week giving a <laughs> yes! guest lecture. And I was telling them there, I was like, you know, there's this trip. It cost, let's say $100 million for them to take mm-hmm. 25 influencers plus their plus ones, business class Emirates, two nights in the Ritz-Carlton in the desert, plus the dinners, all the swag. Yep. Let's call it $100 million. I thought it was smart. I thought it was a far better investment than than spending 200k on each thing each influencer with the videos no return on investment for those canned videos anymore right. i gotta say like I, th- I think you know because at harvard a lot of them had brands and they were you know it was all about direct consumer and they were like well what can we know about spending money on influencers and it's like if you're gonna work with an influencer trust them to make the creative trust oh. them that they know their audience and they know how to market the product and if you don't trust them then don't spend the money because it, you know what people are sick of is a canned them all the influencers reading the same Script. To me, you might as well just flush it because like it that is there's no appetite for that anymore. And it's just, it's insane to me that people are still doing that. Like let the let the creator do it. Work with them. Speak to them like they're a human being. They've built their audience. Obviously, you think they're interesting. Say, hey, we've got this product. How would you market it to your audience? Like, let's see what that is. But they're still gonna spend money. I just think that they're gonna spend money in different ways. And I think the Tart trip was great. How many millions of impressions did they get from it? Everybody on right. the internet was talking about it. Like the the brand is top of everyone's mind right now.
0: It's like, it's smart. I think that is 100% 100% spot on. What do you think about that, like, insane amount of wealth, though, knowing that we're headed into, you know, a little bit of an economic downturn, mm. we're ta- you're seeing a lot of bubbling under the surface about recession, seeing these influencers who are all, you know, conventionally very, very attractive, mm. going on these experiences that the people at home are not getting to go on, mm. but the people at home are why they get to go.
1: Yeah. How I mean, it's a, that? it's a really tricky thing. It's a really, really delicate mm-hmm. balance. Right, And I think about this all the time with the life cycle of an influencer because, you know, these influencers start out and they're just like you. You know, like when I started, I was just in my studio apartment Mm -hmm. like everybody else in my sweatpants you know, I was just like everyone else talking about tequila and, you know, how bored I was and all that and whatever. But, you know, now it's like it's so fast. It goes from you're in your living room to you're on the Tarte Dubai trip in like two months. And so to me, the question is, is the audience going to be happy for that person? And it's right. a delicate balance, right? Because sometimes you get those comments like, oh, you've changed or you're, you know, the first time it happens, everyone's happy for them. The first time the influencer gets the PR package or the mm-hmm. or the invite to the to the red carpet thing everyone's like that's amazing like we're so happy for you why because it feels like it feels like it's one of them yeah because they have we did it, it together. shifted over we did it together you know oh we're so happy for you but eventually that influencer is gonna buy a new car and buy a new house and all of a sudden they're not the same as you anymore so it's interesting i think about it all the time that's why it has to be based on like a real rapport between creator and audience. And how I think about it personally is we are going into this time of, of economic downturn. And I, I this might sound silly and cheesy, but I take my job even more seriously because people's dollars are going to be fewer and far between. And so when they do have disposable income and they're looking to me to say, what should I buy to make myself feel happy or to get a treat or to I need a new eye cream, I better be recommending the right one hmm. Like, it, you know, it's it's serious. Like I'm at a point in my career now where I can be more choosy about the deals that I do and the brands that I work with. And that integrity matters to me because, again, people are going to be strapped for cash. I hope for not too long. But
0: right now it's not looking good. Yeah, that is so thoughtful. And it's Very apparent to me why you have this cult following. Everyone's obsessed with you. And, you know, not to be presumptuous, but I am assuming that you're making a lot more money than most of your friends. You know, there's like some line. It's like, I only have the same five friends with me because, you know, when you come up, there's no new friends. Right. But you're likely making more than them. Has that ever caused any strain in your relationships now that you have so much more income? Not
1: not to do with money, honestly. When, When I first started to get gain a following. Um, I lost a couple friends because I think that they Why? just I think that it. they just couldn't deal. Like, I think that they just felt like it was so much because it does happen so fast. Like all of a sudden I was getting like 20 PR packages a day and like yeah. I could go to any restaurant I wanted. And, and I feel like it was just for whatever reason, they just dropped off. Was it jealousy? I don't know. And and I'm I really. You know, I try to stay out of the why. I always tell yeah. my followers, I'm like, you know, when stuff like that happens, you kind of just have got to let it go. Friendships ebb and flow in your 20s and 30s and, and beyond. Um, and it can be painful, it can be really painful to feel like nothing changed. And then all of a sudden your friend is gone. But, you know, the more you stay in the why, the more it hurts, you know. But to your point, I do really, really value my friends from before. It, it's great. And they're still my closest friends and they don't care. They're just happy to come to Coachella. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Um, don't worry. I'd be happy to come to Coachella too (laughs) if they don't work out. Um, (laughs) and knowing that 57% of people actually deliberately avoid talking about money with their friends and family Mm. because it is awkward and it's touchy, you know. Is that something that you do very frequently or not at all? Like, have you ever had situations where someone doesn't pay you back on Venmo? I'm just like hoping you have a juicy story about a about time. money. Yeah, or just like having a candid money or financial conversation. And it can be now or even back when, before social media.
1: Yeah, I mean, I managed my money so badly in my early 20s that I would like always be in overdraft. I was like so bad. I, I used to not look because I was so afraid and I would just spend and I and then it would be like, you're in overdraft, like you don't have any money. And I would, I would be like waiting for the paycheck to hit. But again, I would get really crafty with it. So when I was working my first job and it wasn't little money, like I want to again say that, but the lifestyle that I was living wasn't, didn't match. I think I was making 60K my first year Uh out of college, but I was living in San Francisco and all my friends were working in tech and I, I was living like the Google lifestyle and I was not working. Is that why
0: you think that your lifestyle was inflated because you were maybe trying to keep up with those friends? Yeah, for sure. And I was like, oh, well, I should be able to eat out every weekend, too. And, and I couldn't because
1: mm-hmm. rent was so expensive in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. And, you know, especially at that time, it was 2013, 2014. It was like, it was insane. Like, it was the time when yeah. tech overtook the city. And uh, like, I remember hearing about my friends who were in banking and consulting and working at Google were making like 120K. And I was like, oh, my God. And they were getting all the free stuff. Like, they were getting right. the free lunch and right. the dry cleaning and all this. And I was like, oh, my God. So then that's when I actually started to freelance right and I freelance wrote and then I started posh marking on the side like aggressively (laughs) I would like do it as to make money because I had you know all this random shit from college and I would also buy stuff and then like just shoot it in a cute way and upsell it and whatever but yeah I, I had to go on a money diet I remember one one January I did absolutely no spending for like apart from food right like not like a manicure, not like a one Zara dress.
0: How did you feel after that 30 days?
1: It's great. It's honestly great. It's like any habit, you feel so lasered into what makes you happy and whatever. But yeah, I've had candid conversations. I think it's like also, you know, you have to want to spend money the same way. You don't have to but as your partner, but like... It's tough when you don't want to spend money the same way as your friends. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can say, I really want to go on a trip, you guys. And, some, and someone's like, no, well, I'm saving for this or no, I can't do that. And that's always like a bummer. But it's good to be honest about money. I remember one time we like all sat down and told each other our salaries when we were in our young 20s. And again, I was like shocked at how much my friends were all making. But it's it can be hard to talk about money.
0: How did you enter that conversation? Because I think, you know, when I create content encouraging my audience, which is predominantly women, to talk to their friends. They're like, but how do I introduce that conversation? I know. How did you and your friends sit down that one day and just decide to be like, this is how much I make? Well, it was uncomfortable
1: and it was yeah. and it was. And I think it's because women have scarcity mindset. They really do. Like they think about everything, about partners, about looks, about money, about
0: jobs. Can you explain to everyone listening what, how you would define scarcity mindset? I love that.
1: Yeah. Thinking that there isn't enough to go around. And this Mm -hmm. is something that really men don't suffer from, but women really feel like, oh my God, she got a promotion. Like I'm not going to get one. Even if you're working another job where it's just like this level of, competitiveness, which I don't like to say competitiveness because it's it's like pitting women against each other. It's because from the time we were born, we're told like there isn't enough to go around for us women. And the, the crazy frustrating thing is that if we do share and if we do help each other, that will create even more Mm -hmm. abundance for us to to go around. And it's like, you know, the same feeling of like, oh, your friend gets a boyfriend and you're like, well, why don't I have a boyfriend? It's like, there's (laughs) a million guys out there. There's so many boyfriends to go around. Exactly. So, but I think it was because I got, when I moved from Gap to Poshmark, I remember I went in my interview and and my boss to be said- Wait, wait, wait. so
0: you were selling on Poshmark and then actually went to go potentially work there. So, yes, this is a
1: cool story. So I was- obsessed with Poshmark because I was really good at it yeah it was back in the day when they were making the H&M was doing all those collabs with designers mm-hmm. and they had the Balmain collab yeah and I hired a Task Rabbit to sleep outside of the H&M <laughs> in Union Square in San Francisco <laughs> yep and and I was like I'll meet you at how much s- was the Task Rabbit? not expensive oh wow no okay it, it like I figured I could at least make that back like right. it was under a hundred dollars I want to say oh, which wow. is crazy and I said I'll meet you there at seven A. M. And I got my place in line, and I called my dad, and I said, "Can I borrow some money to do this project?" And he said, "Okay, you're going to pay me back." And I said, hundred percent, I'm going to pay you back." And I spent—I wish I remember—it was over a thousand dollars. It was definitely over a large sum of money uh, to young to young tinks. Yes, yes, a lot. But I made it all back like immediately and more because I had and I knew it was going to resell in Poshmark. And then I wrote an article for Refinery Twenty Nine about I think it was like you know. I'm obsessed with Poshmark. My friends think I need an intervention. And then Poshmark <laughs> called me and was like, oh, like you're insane. You should come and work for us, which was great because at the time I wasn't growing in my job and I really wasn't good at my job. And I felt like so trapped, so miserable, like crying every day at work. And so started a long interview process with Posh. And when I got my offer, I remember sitting there and her saying, um, and I was thinking, 80k is that good for you? And I said, yeah, oh my God. And <laughs> And I remember going home and my roommate, Abigail, who was really smart and she was a consultant and she's just like very good at everything. And I was like telling her and she was like, you didn't negotiate. And I remember thinking like, I was like, are you, cr-? I remember thinking you're to like, myself, what? like you're crazy. Like I just got offered this job. If I had asked for more money, they might revoke it. And I I didn't know. And I went to Stanford and I just like, didn't yeah. know. No one taught me that. And I didn't know that you're supposed to negotiate. And I would literally had like w- smiled all day because I was like, I'm literally finally making like, <laughs> 80K. Oh, my God. This is insane. I'm like, I'm so happy for myself. And she was like, oh, my God, you could have gotten 100, dude. Like, are you serious? Yeah. And I was like, really? You think? And she was like, yeah, they're a tech company. They have money coming out of their ass. Like, and I just remember feeling so stupid and so ashamed oh. and like, but I've always been really bad with money. I, this is the thing. I've always felt super uncomfortable talking about it because I feel out of my element. And
0: why whatever. do you feel out of your element? Is Do you think it's like a cultural thing or?
1: Yeah, maybe. Or just feeling just like awkward about it. Maybe I have some scarcity mindset. I I also think it's like, you know, maybe it's also just worrying that people would judge you either which way. I I don't really know. And now I think like, I mean, you're so amazing with being transparent about money on TikTok. But I do feel like people are very harsh about women and money. And like certainly women try so hard to be, you know, transparent about their salaries. But I don't see any men or boys commenting on the way that male influencers or whatever spend or make their money like they don't doubt their money and they don't critique their money and the backlash is insane i mean i don't know how you felt when the forbes list came out but like every comment getting so many things being like this is fake you didn't make this much like da da Mm -hmm. da like commenting on it and it was all women and that sucks
0: it's such big pick me energy. It's like, oh, like I'm on that side. And there's no way that you could make that because I can't. It's
1: crazy. It's just like, and so it's not always the most, I'm going to be dead honest with you. It's not always the most inviting uh, Certainly topic not. No. to talk about because it's met with such negativity and, and critique. And it's like, you know, it's, yeah. that's tough. I try as much as possible, but I'm not, I, I'm really honest with my followers. I'm very vulnerable. I share a lot, but I'm not massively incentivized to talk about money, which sucks, yeah. but I'm just being real with you.
0: No, no. I appreciate the honesty. And I think, you know, my brand is very, very all about financial transparency. And I had so many people ask me, what do you make? What do you make? What do you make? And I I actually, there's a website, like the social security, like association of America, like ssa.gov. You can go on and pull what you've made in your entire career. Wow! And so I took a screenshot and I made a video about, this is what I've made every single year since 2012, which is when I started college. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, when I was like, you know, a sad little barista or like, this is how much I was making. And like, you know, I was being underpaid and then it moved all the way up until like You know, I had my fancy Wall Street job and tech careers. And I thought people were going to love this content. And people, again, to your point, some people were like, this has been digitally edited. I'm like, first of all, I'm not smart enough to do that. Right. And two, some people were like, oh, I like
1: hate this girl now. And I'm like, no, it's insane. It's insane. It's so it, that, that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. I really credit you for your transparency, but I'm just that's one area, especially now where I am in my life. And I'm just like, I try to be thoughtful about what I post and what yeah. I show because it is a lot of money that I've made fast. And, um you know, I want to be mindful of that. So it's. It's tricky. It's really tricky.
0: Yeah. Going back on a kind of separate tangent, you had mentioned it's hard to keep up spending with a partner. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into what I like to think of as one of your specialties. You are so incredible talking about dating, box theory, like all of these things that I love so much and I Speak about with my friends. You've created a ton of content about being a bridesmaid, not the bride, mm. and what it costs to go to a bachelorette. Like, how would you handle being invited to so many events? Because I don't know about you, but this year, I have, I think, six weddings to go to.
1: Yeah. The wedding thing is a massive financial undertaking from every side. And I always want to be so careful when I talk about it because I know for many people, it is the most important day and event of their life. And it's very special. And I feel honored to have been invited to be included in my friend's weddings. And, you know, that was a good experience for me and whatever. But the financial burden that people are placing on their friends to me is is getting out of hand. And the fact that so many friendships, and I know because I have my call-in show, I have my call-in email, I have DMs, and we do Ask Me Anything Monday and Thursday. And I want to say like 20% of all of my questions are about wedding drama. Like I can't afford to go to The Bachelorette. My friend is pissed. I don't want to buy the bridesmaids dress, like this and that. Like it's just I worry that the wedding industry is preying on women and their insecurities and their friendships and their anxieties. And I just listen everybody should spend money on what they want like if you want to have a massive wedding go ahead and do it but you just have to like choose your choice you know what I mean you have to think like okay like am I really going to ask my friends to pay $2,000 for my bachelorette party? Like you have to you have to really think about it. And like, my thing is like, if you do, that's fine, but don't be upset if someone can't. Right. And also to everyone out there, all my girls out there, if you can't go, you can't feel bad. Even if it's not life or death with the money, even if it's just like, you'd rather save that 2K, that's okay to say no. And if your friend turns around and is mean and is like, well, you're not a good friend to me. I always say this, like friendship is not made in the big moments. Friendship is not made in the birthdays and the weddings and the bachelorettes. Friendship is made at the 2 a.m. pizza, dollar slices, coming home from a bar. Friendship is made in college cramming together and, you know, knowing that you're going to be friends for life. Friendship is made in, you know, driving over when someone is going through a breakup and sitting and watching movies and eating ice cream, okay? Like, don't don't place all the value of your friendship on these very expensive events because it's not fair. And everyone is in such a vastly different financial spot throughout their 20s and in life and in life right so certainly you can't you just you can't this is like insane we have to all just like hold hands and take a breath about this stuff
0: if you could close your eyes and imagine your perfect wedding oh gosh I know (laughs) what would it be like would it be a big one a small one how much would you think like you would want to allocate to that in terms of finances? Like, what would your, like, ideal bachelorette and wedding be? I... I just don't. I'm asking for ideas, basically, because I just got engaged. Oh my god, you I, did! I, I didn't even wear the ring. I'm. I feel bad. Oh my god, congratulations! <laughs> Thank oh you. my gosh,
1: I. I don't know that I would have a big wedding for me personally, but yeah. but I'm not. But I'm terrible at hosting. I get very anxious when I host things. I'm shocked by that because I know. you are
0: such a personality. I so know much charisma. But it, it's a
1: different type of attention, and I just think I okay, would feel a little fair. bit anxious. Um, I really don't know. I. I think I'll just say whatever my partner wants to do and it's not I don't need to be married to have a baby like I don't Mm -hmm. it's not I'm okay with doing things out of order I kind of love the idea of like being engaged forever like I don't know I just like and like but I've changed my mind like I've had boyfriends who they really like like it and it's been fun to like talk about in the in the like futurey way with them, so I don't know. Like I imagine my bachelorette, and I imagine that I'll take I'll be able to take care of it, which makes me feel happy just to do it for Ugh, everyone. Your
0: friends are so lucky.
1: Um, we love that for them. But like I don't know, <laughs> and then I don't know something like very chill, like yeah, just like a. A chill like one day thing i think but i don't know
0: i loved the uh covid trend of people getting married on zoom in their backyards i was so jealous i was that's like cool you have the bit be- the best excuse yeah. to spend forty dollars on your wedding yeah and it's also like but like
1: but again if you have always dreamed of the big wedding then like you should do that like that's ev- everyone's prerogative like for me if you were like okay it's a wedding or a second home i'm taking the second home all the way yeah. like i really am even a down payment or whatever like that's just for me what I prefer, but it's your life. It's your money. You should do it what you want. Just like be mindful of, you know, I think I think everyone should just think about their friends and like not, not worry. Like I always joke and my mom's like, you're not doing this. I always joke that on my wedding invitation, the top is going to be like, it's all going to be like cursive water painted, whatever. And it's going to say, I do not care if you come. (laughs) And that's literally what it's going to say at the top. And then I'm going to be like a note. I just want you to know it won't change how I think about you. I love you all. Mm -hmm. You can come and party. You don't want to come. I don't care. You don't have to tell me a reason. I promise. It's too much pressure. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
0: You mentioned talking about, you know, with your partner about this magic fantastical day. What are other topics you think people should be talking to their partner about? especially as it pertains to money because it's the number one reason why people break up. I believe it. I think,
1: Um. I did you did you watch that show, Fleischman is in Trouble?
0: No, I saw you posting about it. So it's on
1: my list. Yeah, so it's a really good show to watch. It's on, um, I think, FX or Hulu. And um, it's about the breakdown of a marriage. And one of the, the main arguments they have is like they view money differently. Mm-hmm. And I have always been obsessed with this because I took a sociology class at, at college. And I remember learning that your view of money and in, in, is kind of shaped. Your view of money in the world is shaped by the time you're about 13. And it's very, very hard to change, even if you change socioeconomic status. So yeah. even if you come into a lot of money or if you lose money, you view and value money in the same way. And mm-hmm. I think it's very crucial for a good relationship to view it the same way. And by that, I mean, if you guys found $500, would you want to do the same things with it? Like, would you agree that like, you should go out to a nice dinner, but then save the rest? Or would one person want to take a trip or would one person want to split it down the middle and do their own things like it's really really crucial like what are your financial goals like what are, how do you view work like how do you view relaxing like all of these things are so critical for a solid relationship and it's really hard to find someone who views money the same way as you do
0: yeah you want to meet someone who values a dollar the same way. Exactly. You exactly. And on that topic, talking about couples who may have very different incomes or different amounts of money. What are your thoughts on the prenup? I am so pro prenup. I'm like, I don't
1: understand why anyone wouldn't do it. Yeah. I really don't. It's like I am, too. So, like, talk me through your thoughts. I, I just I don't understand why you wouldn't just have that insurance policy knowing that over 50 percent of marriages end in divorce it's a few uncomfortable hours versus potentially years of litigation and arguing and upset and I just like I'm all about advocating for your future self and for your future happiness I, and for me like because I've made my money and I'm very proud of the money that I've made I'm not giving that away to anybody else <laughs> and also like I just don't think it needs to be unromantic at all yeah. I think it's like shit happens life happens and if you're never going to get divorced then doesn't matter I, anyway yeah, exactly. like I don't get it's, I a don't, point. it's such a crazy thing like why would you be like annoyed about this but like I know a lot of me ma- I, I know three couples tangentially who have broken up because of the prenup issue like one not wanting to get them or not wanting to agree on them like right before
0: they were about to be
1: like like in the wedding planning process yeah and it's like to me wouldn't you you rather know about that stuff now like come on i just i don't think it's unromantic i don't think that it's greedy i don't think it's anything apart from smart to be honest with you i highly suggest everyone everyone does it it's like it's literally like buying car insurance Like, that's all.
0: And the craziest part that I think people forget is that if you don't get a prenup, you still have one. Right. The government gets to write it. And I don't trust them
1: to do anything. No, I don't trust them (laughs) literally at all. So, um, yeah. And I think especially for women, it's very important because you have to imagine that, you know, what you're going to put into the relationship, especially if you're going to be taking time out of your career to have kids and, you know, you know, you're losing that earning potential but you're also literally taking yourself out of the game for a a while like what are you going to feel you're owed and again, it's not uncomfortable to imagine breaking up with your partner. I understand that. But you would really rather do it in this calm, level-headed way versus trying to argue with them down the line when everything is like going up in flames. Totally. Totally
0: agree. And I know we are running out of time. So my very last question, and I love asking this, can you tell me your biggest money mistake that you've ever made?
1: Oh, my God. Um, Wow. Let me think for a sec.
0: No, no. Take your time.
1: I mean, I... I probably not investing like probably not you know doing anything we have
0: to talk more about your investing I because i need you to get started right away no
1: it's probably that like i okay this is no i can't even say this this is
0: wait no bad. no okay you can't say that i like literally it.
1: didn't have a credit card up until like last year
0: what were you were you, were you putting everything on a debit card mm-hmm.
1: no i know christina no i know it's bad <laughs> i literally was making i had zero dollars in savings until i was. Until I started content creation, like literally no money. And again, I I wasn't gonna be on the street. Like I my parents, like, you know, all that good good jazz, but they weren't like they they weren't giving me money, you. you know? So I was like, I had like literally no money. So I just and I couldn't get approved and like that stuff stressed me out. Yada, yada, yada. It was bad. It's so bad. I know. It's so bad.
0: Wow. Okay. So, for everyone listening, to build your credit score, <laughs> get a credit card, pay it off responsibly, make sure that you're able to cover that balance every single month. And let's end on a high note. Tell me your biggest money win, something that you're so proud of. What am I proud of? I mean, you have so many things to be proud of. I, I feel know. like I like can rattle these off. I'm like so excited for you. I, you know, what am I
1: proud of? I mean, it's I don't know my my things that I'm proud of aren't money based. That's awesome. It's like my radio show and my followers are like what I'm really proud of. And, and, and that's actually You know, it sounds cheesy, but it's like you always think that it's going to matter so much. And then when you get money, you're like, oh, it's like the other stuff that matters. It's really the other stuff that like nourishes you and like makes you happy. So
0: I think the thing you can be most proud of is the fact that you are now financially free so that you can focus on all these other things that make you so happy. The greatest privilege. So yes, exactly. Thank you. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Please tell everyone where they can find you. At Tanks on Instagram and TikTok.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at Yarvich BFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audio Boom as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye.